Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie Jewels. I hope you're enjoying the Jewel Says podcast, and if you are, I would really appreciate it if you shared, rated, reviewed, and even if you don't like it, let me know. You can contact me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I'm willing to hear constructive feedback. I never claim to have all the answers. Oh my God, some people do though. It never ends. So many people claim that women need to stop talking about issues such as equal pay because we've always had equal rights and equal pay, and then they go on and on to argue about why equal pay makes no sense. Well, at least this guy did. I think the guy was uh, talking about men's soccer. I just kind of skimmed. It was a repost from someone. He was talking about men's soccer or football, if you're not in North America, versus regular default soccer, you know, the game played by women. I saw a post. The post was shared by someone. And the guy started with the statement, first of all, I don't believe in equal pay. And then he proceeded to drone on about why the male soccer pros are worth so much more than the female soccer pros. They generate more income. Apparently in the U.S. that isn't necessarily true, but I don't know what to believe. Who knows? I don't claim to have access to the facts, the true facts. And he said, if you look at the total amount the men are paid versus percentage of income generated by male professional soccer versus how much the women are paid versus the income generated by default professional soccer, the women are being overpaid because they're being paid a higher percentage of the gross income. Well, first of all, I have no idea whether his facts are correct. I've read somewhere that that is in fact not the case, at least in the U.S., And the U.S. female soccer players are paid a lot more than most of the rest of the world. So there's that. I also read another article, which obviously I can't reference, but I'm pretty sure it said that some professional female athletes were paid something like $50 a game. 
I mean, this wasn't World Cup status, and it might not have been soccer. But whatever it was, they were paid $50 a game, so they couldn't afford to play. I don't know if that's true. I can't even remember what sport it was. But I don't think there are any male-dominated professional sports where you even start at 50 bucks a game. I mean, there's college football, which generates a huge amount of money, but that money doesn't really go to the players. They apparently aren't even allowed to pay the players. That might change a huge percentage of the college football, football, I mean American football, money goes to other sports at the universities. It also goes to hiring the best coaches and investments like that. But girls also need opportunities to fail up. You know what I mean by failing up? And I don't mean just in sports, but in all areas of life, such as comedy, music, any other art, any line of work. We all start out not being great at something, even if we love it. Seeing yourself in a successful role model can help you envision and strive toward possibility. And you need the low-level opportunities, the ones that don't pay a lot, in order to eventually get good at something. I don't know why I listen to this stuff. Why am I even talking about this now? Because I have talked about pay equity. (sighs) I'm sorry if I've just lost you. Hopefully you find my voice soothing and you're falling asleep. I really am sorry. But we need to keep discussing these issues because the issues still exist. The gentleman said nothing about why he doesn't believe in equal pay. Maybe he likes having to financially support women. I don't know. But of course, what constitutes equal pay is highly variable, depending on who you talk to or whose laws you're looking at. Equal pay for work of equal value can be very tricky because we don't agree on value. It's not black and white. Historically, of course, we've had legions of free labor for caring jobs for the home, the sick, the elderly, children, babies— And since that work has always been quote-unquote free, it's considered to be low-value work, so it tends to be remunerated accordingly. And those jobs are hard. You can't necessarily take a break, not even to eat or use the toilet in private. And I I saw a show recently, I think it was on Netflix, um, of these women who were in these jobs, it was somewhere in the U.S., doing personal service work for $9 an hour. That is hard work. And $9 an hour? I don't know how anyone lives on that. I just don't. And I've heard the argument that men do the physically challenging and dangerous jobs so they deserve more money. Well, if that's true, then why do waste collectors, roofers, construction workers, agricultural workers, and miners make so much less money than CEOs? Not fair, Julie. Being a CEO is a hard, dangerous job. I'm not saying being a CEO isn't hard, sweetheart. But according to the Economic Policy Institute, CEOs were paid, on average, 399 times as much as a typical worker in 2021. So can we please blame at least a little bit of inflation on that? Compare that to 20 to 1 in 1965. CEO pay has skyrocketed 1,460% since 1978. I do not know whether that's a global figure or a U.S. figure. 
You can read about it if you're interested. It is the Economic Policy Institute. And how about agricultural workers? That's really hard work. It's dangerous. Those workers make a huge sacrifice. They very often leave their home countries to live in sometimes dangerously unsafe, unsanitary conditions. Where's their danger pay? How about radiology? Isn't that kind of dangerous? You're potentially exposed to radiation long term. And I think we all realized over these last few years how challenging and risky working in a care home or in a hospital can be. So yeah, men do a lot of dangerous jobs. Thank you. I love you for that. But not all men. And the danger and the physical risk is only a small variable in how people are paid or how they're valued for whatever they do for a living. And of course, value can be highly subjective. Value increases or decreases based on fluctuations in supply and demand. How do we determine value? Return on investment? That's sometimes difficult to quantify. I remember years ago talking to a guy who just could not understand why scientists make less money than entertainers. Scientists deserve more, he insisted. He may have a point. But I pointed out to him, entertainers are often self-employed, and their earnings are directly related to how much people are willing to pay for their entertainment. And unlike a qualified scientist or an IT person or, I guess, an engineer or anyone in STEM, there's no guarantee or even likelihood of long-term employment. I know if I need to get another job, I can get one. I can't necessarily get one. In, well, I actually can't get a job in showbiz. I need the IT job. Most entertainers aren't able to earn enough to live without at least one other job. And much of their product is pirated and stolen. Well, they don't get much of the percentage anyway. So, you know, are they the ones who miss out? Yeah, kind of. At least high-performing athletes can potentially negotiate lucrative contracts, even though their careers are short-lived. Hopefully, they invest it wisely and don't blow it all on fast cars, women, and coke. And of course, we all know that society undervalues care jobs, which can hurt the whole community. If people's health isn't taken care of, they can't work. If someone is caring for them for free, they might struggle to pay their bills, or someone else needs to financially support them. And let's not forget that not all children go home from school to a loving, stable environment. It isn't an expense to take proper care of children in our communities, to teach them well, provide them with hope and opportunity. It's an investment. What happens to the children who don't have enough food, love, support, opportunity when they become adults? I know there are no guarantees, but surely, surely early intervention can at least reduce the risk of homelessness, indolence, crimes of desperation, violence, addiction, suicide. How can we stop underestimating the value of caring for children and realize that all children's needs are a community priority not just the parents' responsibility. Because if parents don't step up, those children grow up to be challenged adults. I've heard so many people say, well, I didn't decide to have children. Why should I pay taxes for your children to go to school? Well, we share the world. What's the world going to look like if we don't care for and nurture our children? 
I could just as easily argue, well, I have children who will look after me when I'm old, so why should I have to pay taxes for your elder... Oh, hang on. Maybe they won't want to look after me. They might not. But they will be contributing to the tax base and contributing to their communities by working. We all have something of value to contribute. So even if they aren't directly supporting old jewels, overall, they are contributors to society. Either way, I still plan to save enough so that I'm not a financial burden, but not everyone makes enough money to save for a long old age. And you don't know if you're going to live to be 95 and healthy. You might live to be 95 and, and, and require full-time care. That's expensive. Speaking of shitty, uncaring things to say, I was chatting with a lovely young lady this week. She's only 22, out on her own, paying her rent, working in a restaurant. And of course, as any and all 22-year-old women know, you have to be very wary walking through the world. Men are hitting on you, groping you, leering at you, following you. Not all men, obviously, but enough of them that they're doing the heavy lifting for the nice ones and keeping all of us on high alert. I am so glad men ignore me now. But anyway, she was telling me that she told her father that some guy jerked off in her direction on the subway, like actually jizzed. It didn't land on her, thank God. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's amazing. Another day, another shithead. And apparently, her father said, I'm going to give you a minute to guess. I'll stop. Okay, okay. He said, that happens to men, too. Holy shit. Just wow. Just because something happens to men doesn't make it any less upsetting to your daughter. We know it happens to men, though I have a feeling it happens to them a little less often than it happens to young girls and women. But where is the empathy? Where is the empathy for what just happened to your 22-year-old daughter? Where's the, the caring, the commiseration of how disgusting and scary that is? Where's the acknowledgement that she lacks the physical strength of most men who do the dangerous physical jobs, so she's less likely to be able to physically defend herself if the situation escalates? Oh, and here's a question for you. How many times has a woman masturbated at him on public transit? Huh? Huh? Probably never. I mean, never say never, but I'm pretty sure it's a rare, rare occurrence. Jesus Christ. He doesn't have a dangerous job, by the way, so I don't know. Anyway, moving on. I don't get that many emails. I get a lot of work emails, but I don't get that many Jewel Says emails. But I have one today that I'm going to share with you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dear Jules, my husband and I have been together for 11 years, married for three. Since we got married, he doesn't listen to how I feel about anything. Even when it came to buying our house... I was nervous about the financial commitment and felt I wasn't ready, but instead of listening and working through my feelings about it together, he lobbied my parents to get me to see things his way, and I caved. I've tried talking to him about it. We've tried therapy, but nothing has changed, so I'm out. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Even if you need to be out, it's never easy going through the process. I'm pretty much couch surfing until I can afford first and last month's rent. I have a job, but don't make nearly as much as he makes. So, okay. I don't know why he doesn't, I guess he doesn't want to move out. Sometimes you're the one who has to go if it's going to be over. He claims he was blindsided. He lobbied my parents to try to convince me to come back. Oh, I've heard that before. He complains that I don't understand how much I've disrupted his life because he's so tired now that he has to do everything himself. Ooh, princess. He says he loves me one minute, but the next says the house and cottage are his. House and cottage? And I'm entitled to nothing. It's his money. Ooh, red flag. See, this is why I would be afraid not to have my own income. This is also why I would be afraid to marry a man who was significantly more wealthy than I am. I just, I feel like I wouldn't be able to trust it. He doesn't acknowledge any of my contributions to our marriage. Then he said he'd help me with first and last if I came over and cooked meals for him, which I resent. So he's missing his service worker. It will take me some time to save up first and last and enough money to get a lawyer. Of course, I've obviously confided a lot over the years with my best friend, who my husband told me came over to his house last week just to hang out. You mean our house? I felt so betrayed. I don't expect my friend to completely cut him off. If she runs into him or she's at a social gathering when he's there, fine. But am I overreacting about her going over to the house to hang out with him? Oh, no, you're not. When I mentioned it to her, all she said was, Oh, you know about that? I don't know what to think. Should I say something to her? Ugh. Okay, well, you're asking me about her, but anyway, I think you have every right to feel betrayed because your friend betrayed you. I understand that people don't want to take sides, but it's really not fair to you for her to go out of her way to go over to your house, it is still your house, even though you're not there, to hang out with your husband, who's not really your ex yet. It sounds like you just left recently. You're still couch surfing. So this is fresh. And you've confided a lot in her, as we do with our friends. What if she, what if she was a bit hammered and let something slip? Yeah, that you would rather he didn't, yeah. It's not as though she went there to collect intel. 
It makes me wonder if she's secretly laying the groundwork to get with him herself. If I were you, I just wouldn't share any more confidential information with her. And you might want to just let her know how you felt or how you feel. Maybe it doesn't matter, but it might be worth clearing the air and just letting her know that going over there and and not telling you is really crossing the line. And in doing so, she's compromised your trust in her. Or you could say nothing and just relegate her to an arm's length acquaintance and just, I don't know, let it go. It just, I don't know, it just depends on what you're more comfortable doing. But I think you're within your rights to have a conversation with her about it. And I know you didn't ask me, but I will say that if you can't afford to retain a lawyer, I always recommend if you're planning to leave or if you think you're going to leave, unless there's an event, like sometimes there's uh, an abusive event or something and you have to get out in a hurry. Otherwise, I feel like it's best to plan a bit, squirrel away money so that you do have first and last and can at least retain a lawyer. And you say you have a job. So I guess at this point, you're not going to go back and then save money. But in the meantime, you're out now. So there might be value in paying for one session with a mediator. You should be able to get that for maybe $500 or something. And a decent mediator might be able to fill your husband in on family law how marital assets are split, and hopefully persuade him to try to resolve things somewhat amicably and sooner rather than later. You don't mention whether you have children, so I'm assuming you don't since you're couch surfing. And if you're in Ontario, you could get legal aid if you had children, but I think if you don't have children, if it's not a custody battle, you can't. But you are probably entitled to half the equity in the marital home, And maybe even the cottage, unless he bought that or inherited it or something before you were married. I don't know. But a mediator should be able to lay the groundwork and hopefully set your ex straight. And I hope you can get through this at least somewhat amicably because at the end of the day, I'd always rather just split the assets and move on than spend thousands on legal fees and, God forbid, court costs. However, Some people would rather see a lawyer get the money than their ex. So we'll see. Keep me posted. I hope, I hope things go well. And I hope, I hope you find your own place soon. That couch surfing must be a bit of a nightmare. Way back in the day when I split with my ex, my mother's best friend and her husband, both of whom had been friends of my parents since I was, I don't know, four years old, When we split, I mean, they were friends with us as as a couple, too. So they said, oh, Julie, we're not going to take sides. And that's fine. I don't expect people to take sides. And I think it's unfair to ask them to take sides. But even though this couple lived in another city about two hours away, they started coming to stay with my ex for weekends. They invited him and whoever he was dating, he's married now, but whoever he was with at the time to their home for weekend visits, even though my mom's friend actually knew a lot of intimate detail about what had gone on with us. Like I said, I never expected them to cut him off, but I did feel that these very chummy overnight weekends made it very clear to me which side they actually had taken. The other interesting part was that before we split, 
My ex used to regularly complain about how annoying the husband was. And then after, he went out of his way to warm up the friendship. And I kind of viewed it in a way as part of the split of marital assets. Well, he got them. (laughs) And I have to admit, I did feel hurt because I loved this woman. She was, I mean, I was closer to her than any other adult woman other than my mother. She was fun, funny. She was my mom's best bosom kindred spirit. So I decided to call her after one of the girls mentioned that they had been in town for the weekend. And I didn't know they'd been in town, even though I lived there at the time. And I told her that I felt a bit hurt. I didn't tell her in um, an angry, confrontational manner. I just explained to her that I felt hurt, that they were regularly going out of their way to cultivate an increased closeness with my ex. We said we're not picking sides, Julie, she protested. And I said, well, you clearly have picked a side. And I explained to her that I would never have expected them to cut him off or not speak to him. But it seemed to me that they'd gone way above and beyond being neutral. And I'm sorry. If my best friend's daughter splits up with her ex, I'll tell you what. I am going to pick the side of my best friend's daughter. I will be civil to the guy, sure. I don't necessarily want to have to cut anyone off, especially if I'm close to the children. But you know what? If my best friend's daughter has children, I can see those children through my best friend's daughter. I just think the whole thing was very strange. But anyway... We talked about it a bit. She apologized. And then I went to visit her in her hometown and took her out for lunch not long after. We had a really nice time. I thought we had cleared the air. But nothing changed. Their friendship blossomed like a beautiful rose in the warm spring sun. I tried to make an effort to keep in touch, but I certainly never heard from them. But then, I don't know if it was a couple of years or a few months after... One of the girls told me she had cancer. So I called the house, and her husband told me she was too sick to see anyone. She was in the hospital because I was going to go see her. And it wasn't long after that, I actually went to her funeral. I never did get a chance to see her again. And, you know, the strange thing is, at some level, after she passed away, I there was a part of me that felt as though She understood after it was too late. And maybe she didn't. Who knows? But I would like to think that she and Doroth are having Caesars and Sigs together again in woman heaven. Because I loved this woman. But I have to admit, she always was a bit of a man lover. She used to defend my dad to my mom, too. And you know what? I'm sorry, Ted. Ted was a fun, funny guy in a lot of ways, but he wasn't a very good husband. She was a bit of a man lover. However, I still believe people are generally wonderful. I had an example just yesterday. I was on my way home, waiting at a bus stop, feeling very safe because I'm less likely to be targeted by a creep now that I'm old. Thank God I'm not a vulnerable man waiting for the bus. And I heard a loud bang behind me. I could tell it was several meters away, so I wasn't startled. But I did turn around to look, just out of curiosity. And there was an e-bike and 
the rider in the middle of a busy intersection, just sprawled out on the road. Traffic had stopped, and I didn't go to him because there were already several people rushing into the intersection to help him. Two people carefully helped him up and got him to safety on the sidewalk. Another gathered up his dropped packages. Another brought his e-bike over to him on the sidewalk. Someone else called paramedics, and then another was checking his pulse as he sat there. Soon the paramedics were on site, very quickly, and I have to say, it was so nice to just stand there and watch all these people rush to help this guy in the middle of Bay and Wellington streets in Toronto. People think that doesn't happen in a big city, but it actually does. Most people are great. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I don't get a lot of emails, so I'm very likely to share your story. Have a wonderful week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.